Hey, this is Maya. And I'm Stephanie. And you're listening to The What Project. Where you'll hear inspiring stories of hope. Hey everyone, welcome back to The What Project. It's so good for you guys to join us once again. Uh, We are sitting down and hearing some awesome testimonies. Today we have... Our friend, Brenda, thanks for coming. Thanks for being a part of this, Brenda. Thanks for having me. For sure. For sure. Well, uh, we're just going to jump right into it, if that's okay with you. Sure. All right. So let let us hear your amazing story of how you met Jesus. Where where does it begin? I was actually an adult. I was 24. Um, I did not grow up in a religious household at all. You know, I knew kind of the fundamental, like, basic stuff, and that's it. Was your uh, (laughs) growing up experience, like, were you taught something else, or it just, like, wasn't on your radar at all? It wasn't there. You know, I, I had, you know, like, cousins that were Catholics, so, you know, I would hear stories about going to church and about God and Jesus, but I didn't really know much more than that other than Jesus was somebody that was nailed on a cross. Like, that's all I pretty much knew. And then I had kids, you know, got married, got married, had kids. And I lived next door to a church. But again, never really thought anything about it. It just wasn't a thing in my life at that point. And then one of my coworkers invited me to this church. She said, bring your kids to VBS. It's going to be so much fun. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. I'll do that. And that was my first real taste of anything church-related in my life. And you have three children. I do. At the time, I only had two. I was 24 then, so 15 years ago. (laughs) I had two little girls. And we would come to church every Sunday. and. My girls were very clingy to me, so most of those Sundays I actually spent sitting in the nursery because they wouldn't let me leave them, and obviously the Lord had something in plan for me because most people at that point would be like, why'd you keep coming if you know <laughs> you can play with your kids at home? But. What do you think the draw was? Like When you look back, what drew you to keep coming? I, I think it was the people. Like, I felt welcomed. I immediately felt like I was supposed to be there. I belonged there. So I I have to say it was the people. It had to have been because, you know, I wasn't really learning anything all those Sundays sitting in the nursery. You know. So I started going. That would have been August. And I went for probably three, four months before finally the girls were okay enough to sit in the sermons with me, one on each side usually to keep them from doing whatever they <laughs> the Every mom do. knows what yes. you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, so what most people don't know is at that time in my life, even for those first three to four months, me and my husband were both avid drug users. Um, my my children were always cared for. I wasn't a bad mother in that sense. You know, I never did drugs around them. You know, all of their needs were met 
on a daily basis, but I, I was addicted just like my husband was. That's not something people knew because it's not something I wanted people to know. And then CPS was called on us and they did a thorough investigation and ended up not finding anything. And then the week before Christmas, all the windows in both of our vehicles were smashed out because there was drug money owed and that was retaliation. And I knew I needed help. I, I knew it, but I didn't know where to go for it. I didn't want people to know what was going on. You know, I, I had a facade, you know, I had, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't want people to see that part of my life, you know. Which is true of all of us, really. I mean, I think the truth is that everybody probably acts a little different in their home, around their family. You know? Yes. And that's a struggle, I think, for everyone. And God calls us as the body of Christ to be open and admit our sins to each other. But it's not the easiest thing to do. It's not. No, it's not. But there was, this was shortly after the new year then. We were able to fix the windows, you know, so we had vehicles and we got through Christmas and um, there was one Sunday we were sitting in church and I had one girl on each side of me and they were just, they were bickering, you know, like she touched me, she blew on me, you know, just, <laughs> just bickering with each other. And and they were like two and five, you know, so they were little and, you know, I'm shushing them like, you gotta stop. And, you know, I'm seeing people look at me and I'm like, oh. Please just stop, you know, leave each other alone. And I was in the moment of, do I just stay or do we get up and go at this point? Mm -hmm. And Pastor Charlton had a very booming voice sometimes. It was almost like he would yell, like, you cannot sleep in his sermons because he would wake (laughs) you up. And at that moment, he said, do you know Jesus Christ? And I just thought... So this no, is why your girls were This is fighting, why they're, they're like were... fighting and I'm trying. And I was just at my wit's end at that moment. And I'm just like, no. And I want to. I need to. You know, maybe this is the help I need, period, like in all aspects of my life. And I just closed my eyes and I just started praying. And I was like, I need help. Please help me. You're the only one that can. Hmm. I don't know how long I prayed. I don't remember the exact words other than pretty much asking for help. You know, change me, do what you need me to do. I'm willing to follow your rules. I'm willing to do whatever it is you ask of me. I don't want this life anymore. And when I stopped praying, the girls were sitting quietly. (laughs) They had left each other alone. And it was kind of like a a reawakening in me. Like I just saw things differently. I felt differently about things and I haven't touched drugs since. It was just. So you stopped cold turkey. Automatic. I've not had a need or a want or even that feeling of like, Oh, I want that. You know, I, I have not had that at all. It was automatic gone just like that. And My faith has just grown so much in the last 15 years. Like my, if if you knew me then compared to knowing me now, you, you wouldn't have recognized me. Like I'm a completely different person 
and it is so nice. <laughs> it is it is such a huge blessing to just feel like I'm enough and I don't need all that other stuff. You know, I, I see the light like Do you feel like prior to that decision moment while you were sitting in church, were things building inside of you? Like were you feeling kind of discontent with that life of drug use? Was, I was. anything changing? Um, I, I was, I, you know, I went from, you know, not caring about who got hurt or who I took money from, you know, to feed my habit or, you know, to take care of whatever, to pay the bills or whatever. I could slowly be like, oh, wait, that wasn't, I, I feel bad about what I did there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I did see subtle little things leading up to that. But yeah, the, that day that I left church, it was just, I was I was reborn. Exactly how that is sounds. I was a different person immediately. Could you articulate for me, like when you're describing kind of that plea for help, would you categorize yourself as feeling humbled in that moment? Were you, I don't know, can you put some names to kind of Um, what that meant? Humbled is maybe not quite the right word. Um, desperate comes to mind. I I didn't know where to turn. And I just, what am I going to lose at this point? You know, asking for help in a different way. So desperate is definitely the word that comes to mind in pleading. I just, I, I needed him. I, I need him still every day. But that was that turnaround moment for me that I knew I needed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that you're describing really well I think what repentance is yeah because you were recognizing like I can't do this like there's a need for Jesus yeah to forgive me and to cleanse me and to help me turn away from what I'm doing because it's not working I think as a mom I find a little humor in God calling you at the moment (laughs) that your kids are arguing yeah that was just that was the last thing like yeah yeah but that's so cool to hear because that's how god is yeah like he knew right that moment that he was going to catch your attention and you were going to be able to understand like i'm right here you don't have to live like this anymore there's freedom and you can overcome these lifestyle things and i have a more fruitful safe life for you yeah so after that church service, did you tell anyone or? I didn't. No, I do not like to be the center of attention. I do not like public speaking at all. That's why you're here on <laughs> this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I, that's one of the things I'm working on right now. But no, I, I didn't. I just kept it to myself. I brought it home. Um, I tried to talk to my husband about it, but he was not at the same place that I was. and. He just kind of shoot it away, like, don't talk to me about this. So, you know, I just, I seen subtle changes happening throughout the rest of my life since then, though. You know, I started, I got a Bible. (laughs) You know, I had never had one before. So I got a Bible and I started doing devotions and I started reading and just trying to learn, you know, because even now, 15 years later, I've got so much still left to learn, but just little things in my day-to-day life praying with the kids. You know, they didn't even know what praying was. Yeah. And 
I think that's one of the really neat things about the Bible is that you can study it every day and you have never like turned over every rock and gleaned everything that there is to glean. Yes. Even passages that you're familiar with, sometimes you go back and you're just thinking in a different frame of mind or, you know, something else has happened and you get a new tidbit out of it that's, I mean, God's word is living and active. So it's just an example of that. So you've kind of said that you quit drugs right away. Yep. You started reading your Bible. Were there some other changes that kind of happened? Um, I stopped hanging around the same friends. Now, my husband continued to use, you know, so the friends would still come over, but I didn't want them there anymore. You know, and and it's not necessarily that, you know, they were bad people. They, you know, they were just the wrong people that I wanted there. So I kind of like kicked him out of the house. You know, if if my husband wanted to be around them, I would tell him, well, go then. You know, I don't want them here. You know, you go. Mm-hmm. So there there were a lot of things. And, and like I said, like my way of thinking was different. Like, you know, I wanted to do good. You know, I, I didn't want to hurt people anymore. And not that I ever wanted to hurt people, but it didn't matter to me before if I hurt people. You know, I didn't want that anymore. You know, I wanted to be a good person, like not just on the outside, but fully. Yeah. And the Bible teaches that you get the Holy Spirit after you get saved. Yeah. He's called your helper. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have that. That consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. To know the difference between right and wrong and yeah, your your goal and purpose is different. Yeah. Is there a scripture passage or a verse that um, just really describes the gospel for you? Well, there's a lot of them that describe the gospel. I guess the verse that I've kind of made like my daily mantra is 2 Corinthians 5-7. Um, I actually have it on my wall and on like a big canvas to remind me every day. And it's just to walk by faith even when you cannot see, you know, trust that the Lord is watching. He is helping you. And you just have to have that faith. Philippians 4.13 kind of goes with it. I can do all things through him that strengthens me. And that's just the faith. Those are the two verses that I I think about every day. So, Yeah. And faith really is the key to it. It is. Because yeah. The gospel is you coming to a place of repentance and having faith. It's yeah. just those two easy steps that it takes yeah. to really change your whole life. Since you got saved as an adult and you have kind of the before picture and the after picture, could you articulate how different that feels to be? Kind of the Bible describes it as being under the bondage of sin and then having like freedom in Christ. Yeah. What does that look like as someone who's, you know, lived as an adult sure. without Christ and as an adult with Christ? So before, even for as far back as I can remember as a child, I always did things for me. You know, like if it was something I wanted to do or if it made me happy. I never really gave much thought about others. It was just me, 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 me. And now it's more like, is this pleasing to him? Would he be upset? It's it's just a whole different way of thinking. It's not about me anymore. 
Yeah, there's a greater purpose to yeah. your life. You yeah. Have like a goal that you're going towards. Yeah. And moving towards. So, yeah, I definitely see a difference. So, you said that kind of when you took it home and told your husband, he didn't really share the same feelings as you. So, you kind of entered back into a home that wasn't welcoming to it necessarily. Yeah. Did you struggle with that at any point? Or how did you handle I, kind I of- did. Um I guess I don't want to say I was embarrassed about it, but I kind of learned quickly if he was home or around not to bring out my Bible or, you know, not to pray before we ate dinner. You know, it was different when he was out of the home. You know, I mean, the kids could do stuff like that. But if he was home, it 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 wasn't welcome for him. It wasn't something he was comfortable with. He didn't want it around. Mm-hmm. But he never stopped me at all, you know, from going to church or, you know. In those moments where it was hard, were you ever tempted to forget it and move on or? I was never tempted to forget it. I was just more tempted to just not say anything about it in front of him or when he was around. You know, I was more like keeping a secret. But I was never tempted to turn from it at all. Yeah. So that. Conversion was real enough for you to where you're like, yeah. I know this is it. I'm sticking to it yes. no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Which which was then hard because then, you know, we stayed married for another 13 years. It, and it, it was very hard to not have that support from him even, you know, not to be on the same page as him, have different beliefs. But um, that's one of the things that led us to divorce you know it's just I mean obviously not the only thing but I mean it it was a part of it yeah you kind of took two different paths yeah you wanted to follow Jesus and he he didn't didn't. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. well I think that's really commendable that you made that choice and you were faithful to God I think that the scripture that talks about the seeds falling you know, and that some fall on fertile ground and some fall on rocky ground. And, you know, I think it can be easy for things to choke us out. Oh, Even yeah. if we have the best home life, there's sins and temptations and, you know, all of these things that can kind of distract us from having our eyes on Christ. So I think that's yeah. really awesome to hear that you were so fixed on Jesus that even when things were hard, You've continued to say, yes, you're the one I'm following. Yeah. I, I almost feel like, you know, maybe I was wearing like sunglasses, you know, like <laughs> at home at that point, you know, but, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's really powerful, your story. And just even to hear how God did such a 180 in you, yeah. you know, we were living a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. And he really called you directly. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. It was, you know, you you see like in movies, like that moment, you like hear the angels sing like, ah. Yeah. It, it was kind of like that for me. <laughs> I didn't hear angels. But, you know, that, that moment was like, it was like a huge moment. Yeah. yeah. It was just everything changed in a second. Yeah. It was like your heart was just kind of all of a sudden laid bare before God. Yeah. You had that place of or that moment of repentance where that transaction happened yeah so psalm 34 verse 4 it says i sought the lord and he heard me and delivered me from my fears 
that just reminds me like kind of what you were talking about just the fact that like you're like in church already seeking god and he heard you he saw you there and he was just like you know it's time yeah Yeah, it's time (laughs) and so he will meet you where you're at yeah wherever it is you know being at your weakest, Pretty most much. vulnerable moment. Yeah. yeah. And God just saying, hey, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the scripture that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I've heard people kind of explain, like, you're never lost. He's literally right there. Like, right. you might have your back to him. <laughs> yeah. And be not paying attention or trying not to hear him or whatever. But like, literally, all you have to do is turn around and he's right there. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say maybe to someone who's in that drug lifestyle or maybe even someone who just feels like, I just don't fit into this group? Is there any encouragement or thing you'd like to share with Um, someone in that lifestyle? Just to have hope, have faith. Even if you're not saved, have faith in yourself. Like you can do better. You can be better. You know, you can get past this. If it's something you really want, God will find you. <laughs> so that door is open for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's open for everybody. This verse from Psalm 34 is also sticking out to me. And it's verse 8. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I feel like that is kind of what your testimony is. You yeah. found refuge in God, and now you're living in that peace. Yeah. Well, thanks, Brenda, for sitting down with us. This was a good conversation where we got to kind of recount how God individually called you. And I just wanted to end the episode with a few verses that came to mind while we were while we were recording. It's Hebrews 12, verses 2 and 3. says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. If you've enjoyed this episode of The What Project, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. We hope that you have a great week and that you can join us next time on The What Project.